All right, y'all. Evelyn Lewis is here. She's a community organizer, and she works with housing in the uh, Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina, youth advocate. How you doing today? I am doing awesome today. I'm feeling very good. On the phone line, we got my brother, uh, Pierre Shung Yu. How you doing, Pierre? Yes, sir. I'm doing well, man. I'm very glad to be here. Man, tell us about yourself, sir. Just a little bit about myself. You know, nothing too crazy. Uh, just, you know, from Charlotte, North Carolina, originally from Africa, came when I was six years old. Um, just like Miss Evelyn Lewis, I am very, um, I, my my passion is, is for the youth. Um, I like to think of myself as a youth advocate. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying to do the best I can to, you know, help the world in any way I can. So yeah, that's, that's really all about me. That's wonderful, man. Yeah, definitely. You've been dealing with uh, the Juneteenth celebration and you and uh, Pierre uh, collaborated, and this is an annual event. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and tell us what is the dilemma? What's going on with the Juneteenth celebration this year? Um, mm-hmm. in a nutshell, um, you know, we we picked a spot that would have great great foot traffic on an average day, so we didn't have to worry about too much marketing and promotion, and and you can actually you know uh, possibly sell some of their products. And we went through, of course, parks and recs because in order to get the best spot, you got to go through parks and recs. Um, and we went through a months long process, emails, conversations, going back and forth of giving them the dynamics that we didn't want this grandiose festival. We really just wanted a prime location for youth to sell their products. We we understood that, you know, there was a certain level of of um, excellence that would be required for this spot. And we agreed we should work towards that and push our youth to actually understand what that is and and how to get there. That's the other part. We teach them how to get there. Um, And unfortunately, you know, with a a lot of unnecessary permits, in my sense, and a price tag of about $2,200, you know, they really put some challenges in front of us to obtain this location for youth. Um, the, The price tag is still high, and unfortunately, you know, I paid it, but the fact that we had to pay that, and this is something that is definitely needed for youth, it's ridiculous. It's a it's a big problem. And so you're saying they try to they put up a big roadblock uh-huh. to to, uh, to discourage you guys from not having the event there because. I mean, is it like what kind of what park is it you talking about? Romere Bearden Park, of oh, course, okay. is the one right across from the stadium. Of course, it's right in the middle of money and whiteness. So, of course, they're going to give us all type of issues to push us out and keep us out. They just weren't expecting, you know, an individual like myself to be able to be resourceful enough and figure out how to make it happen. Um, and that's where the last coup de gras was twenty two hundred dollars. Isn't Romeo Burton Bearden Park? That's a black man, ain't it? It is a black man, a black artist. I actually had to go back <laughs> and do research on my own. And he has a, a actual foundation, you know, that gives back with artistry for black youth so that way you can see different experiences. And that's exactly what we're doing, offering youth a different experience at Romeo Bearden Park. Like for black well, you know, a black man and black people can't have an event at a black park. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but even let's just even see, like Pierre, like, give your 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 feelings of even when I said, or I said, let's go for Romeo Beard and Park. Like, give your experience and how you felt about that. Yeah, I, I knew it would be a great location. Um, you know, I was I was very excited when the suggestion came up that 
uh, you know, that was even in the mix, you know, that we, you know, there was even a possibility that we could give Ramir beer. I mean, if you're from Charlotte and you know, that's like the central of everything, you know, downtown, I mean, in any city state downtown is typically where, you know, you have a lot of uh, activity going on. So to, to have those kids at, at a place like that, and especially it being Father's Day and Juneteenth, I just feel like that'll be a highlight of, you know, maybe their year, you know, just to help them keep pushing it and, and see that people believe in you enough to put you in the center, in the center uh, of the city. So I was really excited. I was really excited, uh, you know, for what we have going on, just especially for the youth. Um, and then, you know, hearing the little things that, that uh, Parks and Rex in particular just try to impose on us to make it a little harder on us, definitely, um, you know, that that definitely, um, you know, that, that definitely made me feel a type of way because I look at it like this. With everything that's going on in the city uh, and, and even more general and everything that's going on in the world, um, you know, why not help? small local nonprofit organizations that's really trying to make a difference and that's really and especially an organization that have you know I'm not saying we've been around for 10 years or nothing like that but this is our third year right. and every year the potential increases and, and the outcome increases so to me it's like why not be behind us and help us so we can all play a, a you know a, a factor in, in helping our community so, you know, just the little restriction that they try to impose, man, that was really just uh, heartbreaking to me, to say the least, because like I mentioned before, we're, we're just trying to help and we can't do it alone. You know, yeah. it takes a to raise a child. So. so Pierre, it's like they throw that diversity talk out the window. They ain't really trying to be diverse. You know what I'm at saying? All. Right. At all. It's crazy because they, you know, they've been telling us like they want more African-Americans to use the parks and, and you know, just do certain things. And it's like we're trying and we actually been proving ourselves without the help of you guys. We've established ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's still like we're not getting any love. We're not getting any support. We're not getting any help from Parks and Rec. So it's just, it's just crazy to say the least. It's crazy. Right. Definitely. And then it adds more, more confusion to me as far as like what they're actually trying to do, because as I, a lot of people may not be aware, I, I am presently in limbo of my seat at the, on the Mecklenburg Park and Rec Commission. Are you on the board? <laughs> I, I'm actually, well, yeah, technically I'm still on the board because I haven't submitted my resignation. Um, but my time on the board, I've sat behind these individuals and I hear how they're actually talking. And this is also part of what this show is going to be about. Like, I want to tell you guys what is really happening. Um, and that we can make better decisions about how we want to move with our future, especially how we decide people um, or we, we elect people to be our leadership. We really need to really, really look at where our problem is, who is actually working to fix it, and at least who's willing to have real conversations and uncomfortable conversations about this racism here in Charlotte so, because it's rampant. So you're saying that you're in a moral dilemma. I am and a because, big one. Yeah, because if you sit on the board mm -hmm. and it's over the parks and rec, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't have an event for the children, mm -hmm. and you're hearing all of the talk. What are, What are people saying about black <sighs> people in Charlotte? Oh my goodness gracious! So, like one was like Pierre said that black people don't use the parks, which is ridiculous. That's a lie. It's ridiculous. I I definitely would take my daughter every single day to the park and right. I could to tire them out. Yeah. So that was one. Um, then two, 
um, as far as like the, the, the quality programming or, or they don't make use of it or youth behavior um, at the rec centers. It, it, it's so much that I would have to just unpack, you know, take a full day to just unpack the conversations that these people have a stigma of. Black people aren't worthy of the part. Mm. That's what I, I get the feeling. And I gave ample opportunities to, to, um, to, to have real conversation about how we can fix it. Right? So what do they say to you? I mean, they, they talk. just They give me the same foolishness they give everyone else. They give you that diplomatic, really okay, fluff piece of, yeah, we're going to think about it. No, we're not really going to do anything. Talk. Um, and that led up to my recent display and why I was saying that I, my time at the commission is possibly coming to a very, very quick end um, because I had a public display of dissatisfaction and a disruption in an all advisory council meeting last week. And I brought youth there um, and I disrupted a meeting right as Director Lee Jones set out his mouth that Parks and Recs is equitable. Mm as we have an unequitable situation right in front of you. Um, I wouldn't allow it. You're not going to tell me that I have to sit there and listen to lies. So you're telling me they don't value our use of the park. Is what oh, wait, wait, saying. correction. Let me, let me state this clearly, okay. a little bit more clearly. They approve of black people using the parks in the way that they mm, seem fit. Gotcha. And as long as you're using it within these guidelines, you are more than welcome as a black person to use it. But as soon as you step outside and try to do something that actually could work mm -hmm. and actually identifies a direct need of the community and works to fill that need, then there's a problem. Then there's pushback. Okay, so tell us what, what's inside of the Juneteenth celebration that they, they, they put up these barriers. Oh, no, we don't want that in Ramir Bearden. Black youth. It wasn't a speaker. It wasn't, you know, music. It wasn't a rap DJ or whatever. Our DJ is a youth DJ. Right. Our musicians is a youth jazz band. Yeah. Our speaker is me. Right. <laughs> the vendors are all under 25. Wow. That's all we wanted. That was it. And we showed videos of our previous years and we allowed the youth, if they had a talent and if they were a performer, yeah, we gave them a shot to perform, but we had stipulations, but we gave them an opportunity. It's for the kids, for the youth. Yeah. Wow. And the only thing it is, is black babies. And I told, I had a conversation with Director Lee Joes and I, I gave my, my position before I ended my phone call with him very, very clearly. Your position is that you feel that the price tag and requirements that we went through is justified. Mm. I feel in my position that Parks and Recs do not care about our black babies. Mm. And I clearly explained that to him, that that was my position. Right. And he allowed me to end the phone call and did not attempt to have further dialogue with me to change whatever it is that compels me to say that. Right. You just let it go on because, again, black women's voices don't matter. Well, they're probably working behind the scenes to see how they can get you off the board. Oh, I know they are. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the great thing of it. Yeah. The issue is with that is you'll work three times as hard to remove me for telling the truth. Mm. But you won't even acknowledge the issue that is the biggest problem. Yeah. Our youth do not feel supported. Mm. Wow. At all. Yeah. 
That's the that's me and my outburst. And and let me be clear, my people. I only yelled. I want to talk right now in my black woman form <laughs> of clapping my hands to make noise as a disruption. I yelled my disappointment and disapproval, and I escorted my youth out wow. because we don't have to sit there and listen to this foolishness. What is the board comprised of, white and black? One, two, three black people, me being one of them, and the rest is white. Okay. So how many people? How many people? Uh, I think it was... Uh, I think it was 12 of us. 12, okay, wow. 12 of us, around 11, 12 of us is supposed to be with there. And again, um, the, the two strongest proponents for black people is myself and Dr. Blanche Penn, who you always see in the mm-hmm. community. And she goes hard for the community. Wow. Um, and they're even trying to come for her because she attempted to um, address me in a, in a way that I hear you, mm-hmm. which the rest of that commission and staff couldn't even do. Mm-hmm. So again... They can work as hard as they want. I want to see how hard they work. Because, again, that's, that's how hard you can work to fix this problem. That's right. And what do you want to say, Pierre? Yeah, definitely um, everything she said. I just, you know, and just to touch on the point of I feel like they don't care about the youth. Just real quick, I want to say how me and Miss Evelyn met, right? I met her, and I always tell this story because, to me, it just shows um, a, a lack of of support for the youth, you know, and, and she's somebody that noticed that. But long story short, I, w- I was at the George Floyd protest downtown Charlotte um, when everything happened. And, you know, you know, I just wanted there to show my support. Um, and, and that's why I happened to see Miss Evelyn. And she, you know, she saw me say a couple of few words. And that's where she came to me. And she was just like, you know, I, I like what you spoke, basically, you know, and how can I help you? And, you know, that really caught me off guard. I'm like, what? How can you help me? Like, I've never heard. Nobody, a stranger come up to me asking me how can she help me, you know, help my youth and, you know, my fellow youth. Uh, so that really just stuck to me. And I, and I, and I really was like, okay, I'll reach back to you because I really wanted to think, like, cause I, didn't, I was caught off guard by that question. Like, I didn't, I didn't expect nobody to come up to me and ask me, hey, how can I, you know, I just went to the protest just to, you know, show my support. So I say all that to say, like, the youth we do feel under appreciate it and we do feel like there's not a lot of support for us in particular african-american youth yeah um and and and, and, and the reason why i say that because i'm speaking from experience you know i'm not just speaking just throwing stuff out there i'm speaking from experience there's a lot of nonprofit organizations that i've met that i've become a part of that if i did not need those groups i would have been another statistics mm. all right let's, let's talk about me for example i would have been another statistic i would have been one of those guys that you would have seen on channel nine whatever mm-hmm. arrested for this arrest, or even possibly worse dead yeah you know let's call it for what it is and unfortunately a lot of my friends ended up in that path so what we're trying to do is just trying to give another child opportunity that was given to me come on because had i not been given that opportunity i would have been another statistic man so this really like this is really i'm really passionate about this because i've seen this in real life i have friends that went the other route because right. of lack of opportunity yes sir and it's mm. easier said it's easier said to tell a child well because i do believe that everybody do have to be accountable of their actions mm-hmm. and you know you do have to but at the same time is that's easier said than done mm-hmm. look at this environment that these kids are coming from I mean, it's crazy. There's no support. There's no, how do you expect the kid to just magically just dream of this, a beautiful life when he came from the bottom, he came from the slums, he came from where they're just stealing and, and just trying to survive. We're, we're going off for survival here. 
we're not living enjoying life like the rest of these kids. We're just trying to survive. Mm. You think these kids are, are selling drugs or doing this because it's fun? No, they're trying to survive. They're trying to survive. Mom is working two jobs. She gonna have time to do. So it's like we're just trying to survive. So what we're trying to do, the idea behind Juneteenth is just trying to recreate that black Wall Street, right? Yeah, yeah. Trying to give support to these youth that, hey, if you have something, there's people out here that do support you. There's people out here that do believe in you. And, and we're just trying to give that that chance. So when Parks and Rex is coming out here with all these restrictions, it's like, dang. like. And I definitely hear the cries of the youth. And I'm tired of it. I, I'm tired of hearing it. So why not show them the way? And we're independent, right? So we still got the money to get. The, the the facility, right? That didn't hinder us, thanks to Action NC, which again is who I work for. We definitely got that money to get that space so we can actually keep this this going. So when is the event? June 19th. June 19th. June 19th. Okay. Yep, all day Black Day. Okay. <laughs> and it is going to be at Romere Beard. It is going to be at Romere Beard and Park. Okay. At this point, we signed a contract. If they renege, that means that it's showing their white supremacist side and I'm going <laughs> to tear them up. I know that's right. <laughs> I appreciate this full transparency hearing this because, you know, this is what we don't hear mm -hmm. uh, from black people because they're afraid of losing something. And you're not afraid to lose your connection with the board if it ain't based off the truth. The truth is this board does not align with my morals and Come beliefs. On. This board hinders me from serving my community effectively. Right. And that's why I said what I said that day that I will resign because they don't see the issue that you need to figure out how to actually give the resources to the people that need it the most, how they need it the most, not how you decide to give it to them because your decisions um, from my understanding is still based off of some type of white supremacist thought pattern. Because let me say this, Mr. Mark Laughlin mm. <laughs> that sits on the PRC commission, definitely, definitely express his thought and authority that he could chastise me as a black woman mm. in a, a definite late hour through email. So I definitely know the energy that they're coming from, white supremacists. Right. And I felt threatened. Yeah. And I'm putting that out there publicly because of this individual and how he chose to address because I disrupted their precious meeting to tell them that they're lying and you're mad at me and you thought you were going to chastise me. That's powerful. I'm not the one for that. Even like the Buffalo shooting that just happened, you know, RIP to all the innocent mm. lives that were lost. Yeah. But something like that, you know, it's just like, what message do you think we constantly watching stuff like that is, is getting like, I'm sick and tired of it. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've broke, I've been broken down from hearing about, and I saw the video too. And it's just like, it's so crazy. You saw the Twitch video. I saw the Twitch God, video. God. What, what's the I, Twitch? The Twitch video is the, he, he actually filmed it live on Twitch when he was actually shooting everybody when he oh went in the grocery store. God. Wow. Oh like this God. was an execution. This was terrorism. This was, you know, and so it's just crazy to me how constantly every year we have things like this go on. It's like nobody really want to talk about the black people, how we feel mentally. Mm. Do you mm -hmm. guys think seeing images like that, like a 10 year old, a 12 year old, a third, what do you guys think they're thinking about psycho, you know, psychologically? Mm -hmm. What do you think goes on in their mind, their unconscious brain? Right. Seeing images of that year after year, month after month. What do you guys think we're thinking? Yeah. You guys don't care about us. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, 
the least you guys could do is just give us support. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the least you can do because every year we go through things like this. Every month it seems like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like every year it's harder. Every is is the same. Like, we just we need, we just need a change, honestly. Like, And it starts in our local communities. Mm-hmm. It definitely does because, like, th- this is crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. I'm so glad that this is being exposed because nobody has an idea that this is actually the mindset of the people. And this is our tax dollars. And you mm-hmm. telling me? With me and my black family, I'm unwanted. Mm-hmm. There is an air, especially when you go to certain parks. That's why they have those signs mm-hmm. that everybody's welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go to a Horton's Nest Park, they got a big sign talking about everybody is welcome. I'm like, why they got that out here? Most of these black people live out here. Yeah, because yeah. they, they, they got to put the illusion. Like, like Mark Laughlin said in email, again, exposing. But he says, we have to tell our story our way. Well, what way is that? Hmm. Whose way yeah. is that? And this, yeah. again, is a white man that is saying this to as well. Whose way? Right. I'm not understanding. Yeah. So, again, the independence come from that these individuals and these entities, correct, do not control us. They do not fund us. They do not support us. But yet and still, we're still here. Yet and still, we're still getting everything together so that way June 19th will still happen regardless of that. So the issue is the only way that they can or thought <laughs> they could control me is by giving me some type of fake position of power because it's a volunteer board, yeah. right? So all my power is supposed to have come from the board of county commissioners. But if we talk about it, the board of, of county commissioners also knew about our plight with Parks and Recs because we went and spoke before them. So okay. if the power comes down from them, then you already knew what my issue was beforehand. Mm-hmm. And the only person that reached out to me that night and even after is Commissioner Pat Cotham. Wow. Now, Commissioner okay. Mark Jarrell, we had a conversation that night, and he said he was in support of 100% for us, right? Yeah, yeah. But the only one that emailed and, and asked and wanted information about was Commissioner Pat Cotham. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to give that information very clearly. Hey, be transparent. Full All transparency, right. Definitely all the way. And so with that, who else is reaching out, right, to really find out? Well, actually, do the research to really find out my outburst that disrupted the white people's meeting (laughs) (laughs) came through going through every single one of your checks and balances and your hoops. I contacted every individual that is associated with what we actually needed that can make a decision, and the ears was turned off. Mm. You ignored us. Mm. You said 50% for all. That doesn't work for us. Help us out. Can we partner? Can you help us? Can we put this as a learning situation? Mm-hmm. Can, we, can we possibly do something? Right. Offer us even a, a, a different park if you didn't want us there. Do something. Have some 50%. That reminds me of like Forrest Gump when all the, <laughs> the, the kids was getting off seats taken. That's how that's it. Mm-hmm. I can't have this. Like yeah. for what? Like because it. That's not equity. Yeah. That's equality. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that they don't know the difference. Well, Charlotte is a place that's a very deceptive place. I mean, I mean, what what else could you expect from a county? And Charlotte Mecklenburg is has the most segregated school system in North Carolina, right? Mm. And a lot of people don't even know that. Mm. I'm glad y'all are exposing this. Mm-hmm. What what do you hope to happen when people listen to this? What do you want to happen? Man, I, I really just want people to realize that, you know, the more power we give um, 
these higher ups is 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 just not going to do us any good. We have to realize our power in terms of the community coming together and making the difference and being the difference that we want to see. Mm-hmm. Enough of waiting around and sitting around and waiting for these people to make certain decisions that affect us and our kids and our youth and our future. Enough of that. It's time for us to stand up and be the voice that we want to see and be the change that we want to see. I mean, had we had we said, okay, Parks and Rex is giving us all these restrictions, we're just going to let it go and just blah, blah, blah. But we didn't do that. We kept fighting. And Ms. E, you know, she, I don't know if you guys know her now, but she's going to get, whenever she says she's going to get it done, she's going to get it done. <laughs> so thank God that That's we right. kept fighting and we got it done and we didn't, you know, so that's just what I would like to see, just more resilience and just more mm. going after the change that we want to see and stop relying on those people. If we would have relied on them to give us what we wanted, to give us the 75% waiver fee and to give us this, to help us out, make flyers, to help us coach us, to be better. If we would have waited for all that, we would have keep waiting. We would have been waiting for 10 years and just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. But we said, you know what? This is what y'all want us to do. We're going to do it. But we're going to do it big and y'all going to see mm-hmm. that y'all made a huge mistake not helping us. So exactly. that's just what I want to see. Just just be the change that we want to see. That's right. More, you know, yes, that, that's really my answer. Yes, sir. <laughs> that is the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for me, from this this official, you know, first podcast <laughs> um, that I'm doing and running my mouth, I really just want to implore my youth um, that if you don't have an adult to believe in, you can come on. I, I'm here for you. If you, if you don't have an adult to support you come talk to me now Let's let me stop you right there that's powerful what you just said right because that 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 is something people don't say mm-hmm. because that means that you're willing mm-hmm. to take on everything that comes with mm-hmm. whatever the youth bring to you because mm-hmm. everybody got a different myriad of you know issues they dealing with they sure do so you're saying you got your hands out like this come on i definitely come do. to mama Come on, because mm-hmm. on top of it, not only do I have me, but I'm building a village for you. I got seniors that's waiting, open arms to hear all your gripes. Wow. They waiting patiently. It ain't just me. I'm going to come talk to you so we can figure out what you need and where you need to be. But we got a village. Yeah. And that's what we build them. Right. So give out um, information like to contact you, April, and oh, also yeah. you, Pierre. Oh, yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Give your info, Pierre. Oh, you said give my information? Yeah. How they going to get well, up to, to talk to you about everything? Yeah. First and foremost, y'all, go ahead and follow the page, y'all. Follow the Juneteenth page. It's June1865 underscore. Uh, that way you could, you could get updated all the information regarding the event. Uh, and even if you have, you know, you know a youth vendor or if you are a youth vendor, everything will be on our Instagram page. Uh, you can find the, the, the documents to register there. Uh, my personal uh, stuff, you can find me on Facebook, Pierre Shungu, P-I-E-R-R-E-S-H-U-N-G-U. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really it, guys. But most importantly, follow the Juneteenth page. Like I said, that's where all the updates and, you know, just everything will be posted. Uh, it's June1865 underscore. Definitely. Thank you, Pierre. Um, for me, uh, you can find me on social media at Affected by Eve. Um, and on Facebook, I will give you the spelling E-V-I-L-L-Y-N Lewis is <laughs> on Facebook. Um, you could definitely send me um, an email if you had a question about housing, you want to get involved, you want to offer support. Or if you are a youth baby that wants to reach out to me. You can definitely send me an email at April, A-P-R-Y-L, at actionnc.org. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, guys, I think we uh, we covered a lot of information. Mm 
and people got to unpack this. Mm-hmm. And uh, the power that be, powers that be, they're going to be listening to it oh, yeah, as I well. So. I hope so. And maybe just to give them like a, a, a head heads up to what they need to correct before, you know, something else happens. You know what I'm saying? Definitely there because our baby's mental health is at risk here. It's too yeah. many babies hurting. It's a lot of adults hurting too as well. But at some point, you know, egos need to, to leave the room. And, and equitable decisions need to be made for the people. All right. Thank you, Evelyn Lewis. Thank you, Pierre Shungju. And sure. uh, thank y'all so much for what you do. And uh, this is just the beginning as we're going to reach a whole lot of people here in Charlotte, Mecklenburg, and all over the country with this podcast. Thank y'all. Thank you, BJ, for the opportunity. Thank you. Guys, you. Appreciate it.